0: You're tuning into the Active Mom Podcast with physical therapist, Dr. Carrie Pagliano, a real mom's guide to all things postpartum return to workouts after baby. If you're a postpartum mom, coach, trainer, or physical therapist looking for answers on how to get back to running, CrossFit, yoga, Pilates, HIIT, you name it, without the fear of pelvic floor issues or doing something wrong, this is the podcast for you. Let's start the show. All right. Every once in a while, I get to bring somebody on the show that has known me longer than probably most people. And today is one of those days. I'm super excited to bring Reshma Rathod on the show. Um, She was one of my very, very first managers and the first manager as I was a budding pelvic health therapist. So I'm sorry you had to put up with 20 something me. Um, But she's gone on to do pelvic health herself. She's a mom of two and has gone on to do really Awesome things in the tennis world. Um, so, Rashma Ratha, thanks for being on the Active Mom postpartum oh, podcast. I'm happy to, what, a, what an <laughs>
1: honor and privilege. I'm so All proud right. of you.
0: Thank <laughs> you. I'm so proud of you. Like we've known each so other. Um, gosh, when did I come to NRH? 2001. Should I like date it? I definitely before 2000. It was because um, I came. Something happened on the 11th of every month that year because it was right before 9/11. Um, I think we had the flood we had a whole bunch of things. Um, mm-hmm.
1: So it was very mm-hmm. eventful
0: foray, but yeah. tell us a little bit about who you are, where you practice, where you're from, you know, give, give us the, the, the quick 411. The lowdown?
1: Sure. Yep. I'm uh, Rashma Rathod, a physical therapist. Um, I am co-founder of Restore Motion located in Rockville, Maryland. And uh, Miriam Graham is my business partner and, um, we created restore motion back in 2004. So we're going to be celebrating our 20 years in 2024. Really excited about that. That's a long uh, time for private it's practice. It's a long time to, yep. Yep. It's like your third kid, right? So we're excited about it. Um, and, uh. So we are, the reason we created Restore Motion, um, we were two young moms and we wanted to have more flexibility in our day so that we could be home for the kids. And uh, we thought, you know, who's gonna wanna come see us, but let's just start up this little practice. Um, we did. We do not participate with insurance, we're out of network providers. And um, we opened up our doors back in 2004. And then, you know, the rest is kind of history. It's been great, it's been a great ride. Um, our niche is, we started with women's health, which became pelvic health. And then, um, but we see all sorts of diagnoses. Um, we also, you know, we treat um, the athletes, uh, we treat dancers, and uh, we treat kids, uh, men, women. Um, so uh, all the things, so it's all the things, absolutely. And um, the other uh, part of my my experience at Restore Motion with the female athlete aspect of things, I'm, I'm also one of the primary healthcare providers at the Women's Tennis Association, and I've been doing that since 2007. And my initial uh, responsibility was to kind of bridge the gap between manual therapy, which was kind of my strength, with uh, sports and sports therapy. And eventually, after bridging that gap, we brought in some of the women's health aspects to the female athletes. So we thought, you know, we needed to bring in the pelvic health component to all these women, women all over the world, um, you know, that, that play this uh, elite professional athletes that play this sport and um, they weren't given the information on um, pelvic health or women's health. So I love we started that, you that s- journey. Well. it in. You're like, all right, I will
0: meet you with the sports ortho, but I'm going to bring in the pelvic health because it all goes together, which
1: I love. Absolutely. Absolutely. Remember those chronic hamstring pain, like strains or the hip impingements or the chronic SI problems, you know, it was, um, it wasn't getting better. And then when I snuck in into that pelvic floor area, you know, all of a sudden it was, um, um, it, it made that difference. And,
0: I love that. I think you were one of um, the first people that I had worked with that I think got the connection, like we're, we're the ortho people first. And then we brought in pelvic floor and then we're like, wait, this is just a mashup. It's just, it doesn't have to be these separate things. And I feel so fortunate to, to, you know, have started in that way. Didn't realize it for a long time, but it should, it should be a mashup, right? It doesn't necessarily have to be pelvic floor or bust. Right. Not at all. It
1: was like that for me, it was that missing piece of that puzzle. Right. So you would treat, the, the musculoskeletal you know, area with low back and pelvic it, or hips. And then, and then you have this pelvic floor and like, you right. know, of course they're related, of course one affects the other. So, um, you know, my journey with the pelvic floor, I was initially, there was a, a, uro, a urogynecologist moving to the area and she needed a pelvic floor physical therapist. And both Carrie and I, you, but we both worked at the National Rehab Hospital and they wanted a physical therapist to do pelvic health. Well. I was asked and I was quick to say no. One, not knowing what it was all about. Two, I wasn't sure if that. Is that how idea. I got hired?
0: Was because you said no?
1: No, Initially? you didn't get hired for that yet. That okay. Was <laughs> I was like, <laughs> wait, I, I don't know the story. <laughs> then I pointed my finger to another colleague. I'm like, but she would be really good at it. Mm. And was that Karen? We sent a- that was Karen. Karen might her to all the courses. And then she did phenomenal. Yes. Grew the practice, grew the program. And then. Yep. My supervisor jenny came back to me she's like okay now you need to go to this course i'm like i'm not ready for this i teach the network i'm going to do manual therapy i'll do musculoskeletal stuff i'm not doing the pelvic floor this is the first time i feel, say i was bribed, but um usually you know kind of what do they do 80 20 40 60 whatever and they said we will send you at 100 what all travel expense paid no you go to the course we need you and okay. i was like Okay. Okay. Um, I, like, I did no not guarantees. know this part, this part of the story going to do. Okay. Oh, and oh, no, no. And guess what Jenny goes, Oh, by the way, I'm coming with you. So now I that have I my supervisor remember. coming yep. with me to this course that I really didn't want to go to. Um, and I, we agreed and we're like, but we just can't be each other's lab partners. That's where I kind of I drew the line with that part. Cause I, again, I had no idea.
0: Right. And, um,
1: we had a wonderful time at the course. We, it was, it was mind blowing. Um, uh, Holly Herman was teaching it, so it was phenomenal. Yep. and um, and again, it was like that missing link. the light bulbs were going off, and I was just really excited to to be part of this program. And then that expanded. and then and then in comes Carrie. <laughs> you. i I feel like I came before that, though.
0: Like, did you start to get trained when I was leaving? I I, I remember when you went to the course because it was just. And then Karen Liberi and then I came, I wasn't there. Jen Brit- she was, I don't think Jen was Jen there had left had
1: and then. Jen had left. Yeah. Brittany Lemoyne. Karen Liberi.
0: Brittany was after came me. after.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Brittany came after. I thought maybe I'm not quite sure the exact timing of. You yeah. And I, but but
0: I, I'm really yeah. jealous though, because you had, you had already been out for a bit. You had all that manual therapy background. You had that orthopedic background. I'd only been out. Maybe I got hired. And I was like, okay, I just want to get out of upstate New York and come to DC because there's something, mm-hmm. like, there's nothing going on up there. And they're like, do pelvic health. I'm like, I don't know what that is, but it gets me to DC. <laughs> so let's go for it. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> really had no sense that like, you know, how, how important that information was going to be later on. And I'm really kind of jealous that you kind of did once you, you're like, oh, this is where it fits in. Um, it right. took me, I think a few more years to to wrap my head around that um, like kind of pull that forward to, to tennis. Like they brought you in because you're, you know, super expert in manual therapy and you understand tennis. Cause you played, you played for a long time. Yes.
1: I played in high school. I played okay. in high school. You played longer I
0: than I did, which was zero. So
1: <laughs> not nothing in college, really nothing since I've, um, you know, became a mom and, and, and started working yeah but but, But they brought you in with that expertise like you you
0: kind of briefly touched on it earlier like you started to pull it in because you would have these like hamstring strains and things like that that didn't resolve like how do you convince this large organization that pelvic floor is the answer
1: well it wasn't just the answer it was just the the approach um and it was it wasn't necessarily the convincing here's the thing with elite athletes and, and even in a professional sport if it's all about performance right mm. so if they are now able to perform and they're performing even better right it's done they, they they're convinced yeah so um you know as a joke they were calling it the rashma special and it was just the obturator internal release externally the external obturator right you know and like i i need like you know so if someone has limited hip internal external rotation that's a musculoskeletal assessment and right. then you go there to release the obturator externally you know and then all of a sudden their range improves well that improves their mechanics now they can mm. serve better they can hit their with more power because they're not limited in their hips anymore and they can actually get their the trunk hip you know, counter rotation aspect of things. So, um, so once when they were able to perform and with better technique, that was a convincing, I didn't have to really do anything. It was the athlete's performance more than anything else.
0: That's what sold it. Yeah, completely. Mm -hmm. Um, Is there just, I, I don't know anything about tennis at all. Is there a difference between the access? Like, are you working with just the women or are you working with both the men and the women? You're working primarily with just the women, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. My role is just with the Women's Tennis Association, but um, but we collaborate with the men, Mm -hmm. uh, the men medical team, Um, and especially with some of these combined events um, where they're men and women both playing the same events. We're definitely keeping in touch with the other, but two different entities.
0: Do the women have like they they haven't had access to on court care as long, have they? Um, Like just on court care. Or just even, yeah, even just having you as a, as an option to go see, like, have, I'm just trying to kind of get a sense of, like, have, do women have the same access to um, professional medical care on court um, as much as men do?
1: Absolutely. So there, we're usually a team, depending on how big the tennis, the tournament size is. Mm-hmm. So like at a big grand slam, we could be a team of eight to 10 mm. uh, physios, physical okay. therapists and from all over. Um, And so it could be a colleague from Australia, a colleague from Europe, a colleague from, you know, Argentina, um, a U.S.-based colleague. So it just really depends. And then we also team up with their local uh, physical therapists as well. A smaller event like the event here in D.C., that might that would only require two or three physical therapists in the training room.
0: Got
1: it. Um, Our team is mostly based at the WTA. The team is mostly based uh it's consistent of physical therapists so every primary health care provider right now is a physical therapist gotcha um that specializes in you know sports or some other specialty
0: okay and for the women that are competing now there's definitely been more of a shift i think i've seen it in a lot of other sports as well where you're getting women returning to sport after pregnancy Um, So how has that shifted kind of the care that you're giving while they're pregnant and then kind of transitioning into postpartum?
1: Yeah, so it's been really interesting. Um, um, WTA has partnered up with a company called Hologic, and it's a data tech company. Um, But I think I believe based out in uh, Massachusetts. And they're there to like really capture the data from the Mm. family and make some changes and make um, and really uh, promote women's health. And they've decided that you know, with WTA having been consistent of all female athletes, global from all you know parts of the world, this would be a good company to partner up with. Um, so they developed a task force of like. Uh, you know uh, how to improve women's health and capture this data, and then that way that data could be used for another population, another sports industry. And so, right now, we're actually developing a postpartum return to play program, Ooh. and then so with that return to play program, maybe that will transition into return to work. You know, right postpartum return to work program for another physical therapy clinic, yeah, or healthcare provider. So we're really working on the research on that and that. And so kind of getting back to your question. So one of my, I'm part of that task force and, um, and I'm very grateful to be part of that task force because I'm working with so many, like all these smart women. There's some smart smart people on that task force. I've seen the list. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And so, um, and it's just really neat where now we're capturing, okay, what, what did these athletes do beforehand and what did Mm -hmm. they do? What are they doing now? So I actually had the privilege of, um, Working with uh, Lindsay Davenport, she was a um, you know a high ranked athlete. Uh, she had a baby, went out on maternity, had a second baby, went out on, but came back. But she was coming back after six weeks, I think six or eight weeks. Mm. And um, I see her first, and I was like, okay, before you go out on court, I gotta look at you. You know, yeah. let me clear you. And I was just looking at her abdominal course, doing basic assessment, and noticed that you know she. Didn't have she had a C-section scar, so I was just looking and mobilizing her C-section scar, and um and I was like, "Has anyone ever worked on you?" Know and she goes, "No one's ever done this to me before." So that was the aha moment of like, "Oh my gosh, you're a professional athlete, but no one was no one's mobilizing or working on your core." Yep. And then we had the conversation of, "Well, if if your tissues aren't moving, your muscles are not going to be able to contract appropriately. You're not able to generate the force. You're more." predisposed to injury, you know. So, kind of educating that aspect of it. So that was way back. I want to say 2008 or 2009. Mm-hmm. So now, fast forward 2024. There's a huge task force. There's a team of experts really working and looking at the evidence and the data to to generate um, to generate new information. And so now, um, I had the privilege of talking to I want to say at least 15 athletes when I was in Paris this past summer. And asking them about their postpartum experience, because, Mm. you know, back in, um, I want to say early 2000, there were like four out of the top 200 tennis athletes were moms. Now, I want to say that number has exponentially increased, right? And so we know a lot of athletes being pregnant, we know a lot of athletes coming back after pregnancy. And so, the majority of them during pregnancy, I mean, we all know that exercise is beneficial during pregnancy as long as you're not doing vigorous exercise and you maintain your vitals. And so they're because they're used to the exercise program, they're used to moving, they continue with their with their program and modify as needed, you know. Um, after pregnancy, the information varied. So you had women that had the full-on support. From their country's maternity plan, okay, mm-hmm. and they had midwives, they had doulas, they had um, they had uh, pel- uh, pelvic floor physical therapy was mandatory, a lactation consultant was mandatory, so they had that support. Um, but then you had the extreme. You had the extreme of like no one told me what to do I had no idea what to expect I went for my six-week postpartum check and they said as long as I was okay I was okay and I could go ahead and resume my activity but no one gave me the information of how I could resume my activity my level of sport you know and so there's definitely a wide range of um of education that needs to be done
0: yeah um, I I think that's pretty consistent
1: that's
0: pretty consistent that what I've heard across sports I mean I I obviously pay attention to running and, and CrossFit a little bit more. Um, but it's, it's pretty common that like, we have this assumption that because people are pro athletes, or, you know, very high level athletes, that they have this gigantic support system. And it's just not necessarily the case. And they have even more issues, because like the the heart rate guidance or the vitals guidance, like, that would be like a rest day for them, you know? Right, and- exactly. And that's why I do think that there's going to be some pushes forward in um, research to be like, hey, you know, let's focus on where these women, you know, we need to meet them where they are, because their capacity um, on a slow day is probably on my best day, you know, and like, right. we need to be able to give them resources that are better than just keep doing what you're doing. Like, because that's, that's not really fair either. What is it right. about
1: I mean, tennis? I yeah, go ahead. I think I was just going to say, the other thing is, it's even the the transition of becoming a mom, right? And so mm-hmm. a lot of them I had no idea this is what it was going to be. They, no. you know, they report their sleep issues. They report nutrition yep. issues. They report, you know, I didn't realize I had to eat so much if I'm breastfeeding. I didn't realize, you know, how sleep affects, uh, you know, how I function. And even the mental health aspect of it, of like just the transition of, going from being a mom of somebody that's supposed to be peaceful and nurturing to some, you know, whereas an athlete is perceived as, you know, tough and strong and, you know, competitive. And so there's two different extremes, right? Yeah. And and where do you fall and how do you, how do you become, how do you achieve your professional goals and your personal goals?
0: Yeah. same time. I, I think that's such a different conversation sitting here today in 2023 than it was back then. I mean, I'm literally just thinking in the last month, Tia Tia Tumi or who was six-time fittest in the world CrossFit, she just performed at the Rogue Games, got second only by 10 points, by the way, um, five months postpartum. Mm-hmm. Um, Steph um, Rostin, she... Third kid running, she just did the 5K at New York at six weeks postpartum, but I know we're PT, like she's on top of it. Like these are Mm -hmm. things that, you know, even just last year, two years ago, we're like, is this possible? And I, I love that we're asking these questions of like, is it possible? The fact that moms are returning to pro tennis after having a baby. It's not like, okay, your baby, you had your baby, you're done with your career. Like they're coming back. And I think it's this beautiful renaissance of these women saying, Hey, I still have more left in the tank, um, right? So, with tennis, knowing I know nothing about it, um, what are things that are unique um, to returning somebody back to that sport that you would need to consider over just kind of the average person? Like, what what kind of performance capacity do they need to have? What what sort of like agility, coordination, strength? What what are areas that are unique to tennis?
1: Um honestly for the postpartum return it, it's real it's very similar to to the return like when you know if you're returning to running if you're returning to any, any sort of sports it's mm-hmm. it's just really making sure that they're getting their core activated making you know addressing if they have a diastasis addressing the diastasis addressing just some um, gentle endurance cardiovascular activity um, once when they have a good firing pattern of their core and their abdominals and even their pelvic floor area um, to really work on some of the the strengthening aspects of their 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 general program per se mm-hmm. um, before they move into their sport specific uh, type of uh, program at the WTA at the for the women's like especially in the sports arena. Um, now they they can like claim a special ranking yeah. and so like before they um before they deliver you know before when once when they're pregnant they they stop playing they can apply for special ranking and that special ranking they can keep up, i want to say up to two years uh there's i want to up to two years so they can actually gradually come back ah. and so it's not where oh now that i'm done i have to now perform at a certain level they can still keep their special ranking until they are ready to fully come back. But there is a time frame, And I honestly, I can look and see what that specific time frame is, but I want to say it's like, it's almost two years. Has that and always so,
0: been the case? Like, is that mm-hmm, kind of, who, who do we have to thank for that? Because we're literally just now getting marathons that are allowing you to defer um, like your Boston entry or your New York entry by a year or something because of pregnancy. Some people are, some races are still making you, Eat the entrance entrance fee that you already paid, but like I, I feel like tennis is might be a little forward in this that they're they're allowing you this time to come back.
1: Yeah, I think I kind of, but I don't think it's uh, again. I don't know that the the details of this, yeah. but I believe it's um, for like it, like their class. It's an injury, right? It's a surgery. And so isn't that unique and, the, and interesting, to play, right? How about that? And so I don't think it's necessarily classified as a special case. It's just, okay. it's just the general guideline. But um again, I don't quote me on that. But it's yeah. pretty much similar to if somebody had an ACL reconstruction, their special ranking to return to play, they have a special ranking to return to play as well. So call me crazy, but shouldn't that how be how it is for all sports? Like... I mean, you know, I mean, in Europe, isn't it mandatory? Like, what's their maternity leave policy or family medical leave policy a year before you come back to work? Yeah, you know, versus 12 to 16 weeks? Yeah. I mean, Maybe I'll switch. Yeah, but absolutely. And I think, <laughs> I think the support is very different, you know, where it's like, a, instead of having a mandatory assessment or evaluation, it's like, okay, go do your stuff, you should be fine. I, you know, it it, it, yeah. it it really depends on the support. but. Um, you know, we've had some of the athletes Like we have, I know two, three moms that are planning on coming back next year. Um, mm-hmm. Well, one just came back. Um, you know, you have Caroline Wozniacki, who was a top at ranked athlete. She now has two kids decided retired. Now is coming back, came back because she wants to prove to herself that she can do this. Yeah. Um, and while balancing professional and personal life situations, I think Naomi Osaka is coming back. There's another woman, um. Uh, Svetlana from Ukraine came back with a, with her kid. Um, so so you're seeing a lot more and more women coming back with their kids. As a matter of fact, sometimes the tournaments have to have a daycare on site. That's great to help to help with to, to balance some of that. Yeah,
0: you're starting to so see more of in that corporate. in running. Um, there's a a, a group and mother. Um, that's doing that mm-hmm. to offer uh, lactation places to to breastfeed. And then right. I think there's another group that's starting to do more kind of childcare, nannying, that sort of thing while you know, moms are out running marathons. So I'm glad to see that that's yeah. kind of more across um, different yeah. sports. For, to support that. for tennis, one of the things that I'm thinking about is um, two challenges. One is you've got to navigate impact. And then there's also the question of physics. Um, which I think is so unique with, you know, how you have to exert force far away from your body or across your body or things like that. How do you, um, let's say you have somebody that you're working with pro or not, that let's say they're, they're just having difficulty just doing like shuffling across the court or just, you know, voling with friends. Like, where do you start with somebody like that?
1: I think I mean, initially, with no matter what with just um I'm automatically thinking tennis is a rotational sport, so mm-hmm. just like soccer, just like golf, okay, so you want to make sure you establish that rotation. My initial go to is making sure I get that thoracic spine moving,
0: yeah, especially
1: postpartum. I get you know they're breastfeeding, they're you know they've carried this belly out there for you know at least two or three months out you know with in the third trimester, yeah, um. And, uh, and, you know, they haven't really moved out around. It's hard to move when you're pregnant, right? It's hard yes. to flip over in bed. You're always having to get up and then flip, turn over. So um, it, immediately I start with the thoracic uh, mobility. And I feel like once when you've improved that, you have the shoulders, you know, you're, you're able to, um, you know, use the shoulders more functionally. And then you also get the, the hip mobility and the hip mechanics with that thoracic rotation as well. Yeah, I, so I I tend to I tend to go with that, and then after the thoracic rotation, I'll will pro- most likely I'll probably get into the hip pelvic area. Yeah. as well,
0: I I love the thoracic spine with with postpartum women again. I, I think for the same mm-hmm. points that you were saying, like in pregnancy, we're just so locked into that position yeah. as as baby grows, and then you know you have to counter the whole boob scenario, um, and not and just being curled up around going from an yeah. A to a C or something yeah. like that. Like people don't realize how much trunk mobility and how much, you know, they lose and how much those ribs kind of change position and, and so on. Right. Um,
1: yeah. And actually there's a science, there's a breast science um, and there's evidence and information. It's part of this whole logic team of the mechanic, like breast mechanics and breast mobility yes. and how the breast mechanics and breast mobility affects performance and speed. Right. Yes. And so, and so it's just like looking at the mobility and motility of the breast and the breast tissue and a lactating breast tissue is very different than a non-lactating breast tissue. So all of that goes into play as we're working on this mom returning back right. to the play.
0: I did not know any of that. And I think I was talking to, oh my gosh, maybe it was Christina Gresta, who she does a lot of, um, running shoe mechanics sorts of things research and she had turned me on to some um uh, researchers in austria and we're trying to get one of them to come on the podcast obviously the time zone thing is tricky but um boobs are a, a, it it impacts like do you hit do you hit differently um i mean obviously you move differently but how do you kind of reach across to you, you can insert a in tennis word here like what what's that when you hit across your body <laughs> The backhand. Yes, thank you. I was like, I have no words here. The backhand. I'm floundering. Yes, black hand, back, backhand. But like, how do you help somebody navigate that when now you've got like extra quantity
1: up front? Like that affects mechanics, right? Absolutely. So you the supportive bra, right? And so the bra that you used to wear before you were pregnant. And the bra that you should wear postpartum are very different. Yes. You can't go back into that old bra. And if no. if you wore like a Lululemon bra beforehand, that might not be the right bra for you postpartum. Yeah. So it's just making sure you have the right fit and the right support. And then again, if um yes, this their 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 posture has changed, right? Like the yeah. the the center of gravity has shifted a little bit. And so again, kind of I feel like back to um the, the thoracic rotation and and the stability, the core stability of that.
0: Yeah, I, I would think with with you know trying to find center of balance again when you're trying to you know kind of uh, be agile and move across the court probably mm-hmm. is, is pretty important. What about yeah. that person that um, overhand yes? Is that the right word? Serve.
1: Yeah, overhand <laughs> is. served. Yes,
0: thank you. Okay. <laughs> okay, you have to serve the ball, right? Um, but to do that, what if when they when they're hitting the ball, that's when they leak. Like, what kinds of things do you want to dive into that point? So, like everything below the shoulder, they're fine. But as soon as they go above the shoulder physics, lever arm, all that good stuff, that's where they get into trouble. Where where do you start to look? Where do you end up typically with these, yeah. with these patients?
1: Um, and that happens, by the way. And it wasn't until about, I'm going to say, uh, so every year these athletes go through a physical, an annual mm-hmm. physical. Um, let's say t- prior to maybe 10 years ago, um, the question was not even asked during their annual physical, do you really? leave with exercise or running? so we put that question in there we're like you. these athletes need this question and you know it do you have pain with insertion of a tampon you know it was like we didn't want to get into the sexual health or any of that stuff just because we have a variety an, a, a huge age group of yep. athletes coming through and so um it was finally asked and um and that year um i happened to be at that tournament they're like oh they told me to come see you because I answered yes to this question.
0: Oh. And
1: so they're like, I thought it was just me. I didn't think other people ha- had this issue. And so one, wow. it was this mind-blowing to them that others could also be um dealing with this, the incontinence issue. But um, but that does happen. Um, it's a real it's a real thing. And yeah. um, so a lot of it is just really looking at the coordination of um the abdominals and breath you know, just like you would treat somebody in the clinic, you would also treat very similarly, but in a functional way to that athlete, right? And so a lot of these athletes, it's almost like you almost have to downtrain to up train them, yep. because they're used to firing a certain way. And so their way of their firing pattern may not, may be the issue versus the, you know, they could be strong, yep. but they're just, they just don't have the right motor control or firing pattern to help with this, you know, there's that's the reason why they're having that that leakage issue. So um, in those cases, I don't think it's a necessarily a strength issue. Mm-hmm. I think it's more of a, a coordination and stability issue. Um, and so we've we talked to them about different breathing techniques. We talked to them about how to recruit their abdominals. It's not just all rectus focus. Let's work on your pelvic floor, let's work on your transverses. Yeah. You know, those are muscles that um, they haven't really been um, instructed in. And if you really think about it, a lot of their coaches, a lot of their fitness trainers are males. Yeah, very, very few female coaches on tour, even fewer fitness coaches on tour. Mm-hmm. So there it's not being addressed, right? So they're training them with a male hat on, yep, using a m- male, um, you know, I guess a male template. Per yeah. Say. And so and, and for the female to actually talk to the male coaches about these are the issues, one, it's embarrassing. they're not gonna do it right, right. and so um so they kind of just unfortunately they had to deal with it or they just dealt with it until we were able to um, kind of create a communication lines for them but but again and and um talking to them about proper technique and um, and recruitment pattern is usually the way we go. I mean, you know with any any pelvic health postpartum I mean our go-to is our foundation is core right making sure they have a strong core foundation um, and that's including the pelvic floor abdominals you know epiphani diaphragm all of that that canister right that that canister that we love to talk about and just addressing that canister concept
0: with with something as dynamic as and unpredictable as playing tennis like how how do you kind of reteach I know this is a huge question um, but how do you kind of reteach coordination at that speed where you don't know where that that ball is going to come back? You, you kind of have to take what comes. Like, how do you retrain that uncertainty?
1: Um, going back to basics again. So sometimes it's really getting back to... Uh, teaching them how to fire let's say their transverses with their pelvic floor getting back to maybe like supine heel slides right yeah. i mean it's basic as that and then once when they're able they're, the light bulb goes off very quickly for them their their bodies are very 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 smart so yeah. once when they get the right pattern you know it's a matter of just progressing them through you know from supine to sitting to standing and then adding in a little bit of the hops the jumps the skips before mm-hmm. we start on court, you know, running and foot drills and, and that type of stuff. Gotcha. But, um, but there isn't like a fancy equipment. We're not, you know, we don't have electrodes or leads on. Oh there, no, by, by yeah. any means. But, 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 but it's just, you know, once when they're able to integrate that and have that yep. awareness, then it's it's very quick. Yeah. For
0: them. And I would assume the progression, just kind of basic physics, like you would start with with movements closer to the body and then work your way out, and then absolutely same with force. Yeah. 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 And
1: movement and even just basic positioning, right? Like I went from supine to sitting, to standing, to kneeling, to, you know, so um, and we try to work in a collaborative way. So if we're seeing something then I may have that discussion with their fitness trainer Mm. of like, okay, let's not work at 50 pounds is not what's important. Making sure that let's decrease the weight, but making sure that she's recruiting her muscles in this capacity. And so it's just often a fine line because we don't want to step over people's toes sometimes. And, um, <clears throat> and so it's just a matter of like, this is a great program, but let's, let's work on this instead. And then she'll be able to do this program even better.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, I think that makes sense though. Cause like you have these stereotypical things that you would be doing and then where do we, where do we fill in, you know, where the deficits are that affect their, their function and whatnot. I, I, I totally forgotten until you, you said something like that, that a lot of, girls get into high level tennis at a young age, have you seen any sort of, I don't know, pattern to, do they tend to be more on the high tone or overactive side of things that they're coming and complaining about pelvic floor issues early? Is that anything that's starting to show itself now that you're asking the question?
1: Um, for the younger population, we're not necessarily seeing it yeah. much. But I'm not seeing it in the older population either I'm really seeing it um, I mean I'm calling t- like 25 and up yeah uh, you know um, I'm I'm you know when I when you're younger I'm thinking like six 16 yeah 18 and young yep but i'm I'm not hearing anything from that population I'm hearing it more from like the 25 to like the 30 yeah no
0: it's because like, you have the background in dance as well with 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 uh, Miriam like one of the things that that I have the last couple of years been asking patients is um, what sports they did growing up. And I find that um, the more a- aesthetic focused sports um, like a ballet, like a figure skating dance, that kind of stuff, there's a little bit more predominance and who knows, maybe that has to do with the, the increased mobility um, more kind of high tone later on. But, but then again, we, we have a lot of runners that are, are getting a lot of high tone Sorts of presentations pre-pregnancy. I just didn't know if that was something that's um, starting to show itself, and or, or it's more unique to certain types of sports or, or things like that. I don't know what your yeah. thoughts are.
1: So, in the high tone population, we're, this is where we're seeing your chronic hamstring strains and uh, the glute strain, okay. and the hip impingements and the SI. So we are okay. seeing, you know, increased tone and tension in 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 that situation. Yep. So um, that's how they're presenting themselves. They're ah. not presenting as leakage or pain okay. or any of that stuff. I mean, okay. the pain from the musculoskeletal standpoint, you know, speaking of dancers, like Miriam recognized that, you know, like the turnout, right? Like, yes. And that's important for the dancers, right. And so improving the turnout and how the pelvic floor improves or can help assist improve that turnout aspect of it with the with, with hip mechanics. So she is actually teaching um, the school, the the school of Washington Ballet. Yep. Um, Again, this these are the young girls. These are you know yes. the young young girls, like twelve year olds, eight year olds. Um, uh, and and the instructors on how to do a proper turnout. So it's not like you're sticking your chest out and you know you're trying to get the turnout from your lumbar extension. You're getting right. the turnout truly from the hip. And and so we're working on um, on in, in the ballet population, at least here, starting at that level. Yeah. Of um, proper mechanics.
0: Yeah, no, it's, I, I, you know, I had a previous foray at a clinic where they did a lot of dance and I knew nothing about that either. And just the idea that, that instructors were like forcing these girls into that and hopefully it's gotten better now, but I didn't know, like right. certain sports, they'll force you into a certain position or whatnot, right. whether your biology well, we can navigate navigated or happen. not.
1: Well, the, yeah. And that we did, when we started at the school, we said that, that is what we saw. Yeah. And then we were very quick to start with the education process
0: yeah no and I, I think that's that's so important that like there's ways that we used to do things and train people before that you see later on in life do cause issues and problems and like how can we get ahead of that and and train our girls better and you know maybe potentially not set them up to have these issues and so on but it, it is really interesting that you're like okay if if you're having these kinds of interest in, in Injuries in this sport, you may be more likely to have this correlation with a higher tone. Because um, right, again, somebody's right. going to talk to you about that as a physio way sooner than they'll talk to you about. Painful tampons or leakage or or things like that. Absolutely.
1: You know, your chronic, the other thing that I was just thinking about is your chronic groin strain or adductor strain or your chronic abdominal strains. Mm -hmm. So we see that a lot, often like, you know, an adductor strain on the left and an abdominal strain on the right. And so, you know, that's your diet, anterior sling pattern, right? And so what's right there, it's your, you know, it's your pelvis, it's your pelvic floor. So that, that connection is not being made, but that's where, that's another aspect of, all right, let's go ahead and delve into this a little bit more to make sure that both aspects are being addressed. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that's where, again, I, I, I don't understand how people can go into pelvic floor PT and not have a background in, Orthopedics because there is it just it, it goes so many other places and that's where I feel really fortunate to kind of been brought up in that environment where it was very sort of normal but I didn't realize it and then eventually realized like hey you know this 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 should be all together it should be a mashup um, so it's so cool to see that that's at, at the highest levels of tennis this is <laughs> it's still working <laughs> it's still working it is still
1: working it's still working there's no special formula it's just you know no. and I keep telling everyone it's like If we just think about all the stuff that we've learned in pp school you know just the basics of it and then you can't go wrong you can't go wrong. right isn't that nice and the mechanics right if you go back to anatomy you 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 got this right right so um oh isn't that nice
0: oh isn't that nice that we learned something for a reason um i know and we're
1: still using it (laughs) right oh that's
0: good glad like 20 some (laughs) odd years later (laughs) <laughs> I know <laughs> we, we were talking before we, we press record that um, I remember when you were pregnant, I was working with you at National Rehab Hospital. Um, you were pregnant with your oldest who is now going to be graduating from college this year. Um, I don't remember understanding what your pregnancy or postpartum experience was because I was a 20 something that that wasn't where my head was at. I would love for you to just dive quickly back into my that. Goodness.
1: Um, okay, so with the first pregnancy, I honestly can say the two pregnancies, with the two pregnancies, they were relatively easy. I, I don't recall any special, any significant issues during the pregnancy. Um, I, I, I remember doing prenatal yoga. I remember going out on walks. I remember swimming with the first pregnancy, not so much with the second pregnancy, um, and work full time.
0: And that was the guidance yeah, I think I that many time. years ago. Yep.
1: Yeah, that was the guidance. Do gentle time, things. And I yeah. think I even was getting my MBA at that time now that I think about I it. Think I think you worked
0: it. too. That's what I remember because I, I I did. I don't think I was working there very long and then all of a sudden my manager's going out on maternity leave. I'm like, where are you going? Yeah. I like yeah. you. Don't leave.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. And then um came back. Um I was I I took I believe all 12 weeks or 16 weeks in DC. And, um, and then came back part time, uh, I believe three days a week, postpartum wise, um, I had a natural delivery a vaginal delivery. Um, Oh, I did, because of the information we had, I was giving I was doing my own self perineal massage because I was determined not to tear or have Mm. a significant issue with my pelvic floor. Um, I don't think I did. And, um, but I, the one thing I do remember right now is like, it's like the issue with breastfeeding.
0: You know, mm-hmm. like how
1: do I manage this thing? How do I manage time and breastfeed and nurse and pump and, you know, and still socialize with my friends and my family and you know, and how do I inter? How to yeah. it all together? We were
0: social too, and, our crew by, back then.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. We were very. So I think um, I, I remember that being an issue, and then just getting back to activity. Yeah. I think I just get got back to just walking, just walking mm-hmm. with the stroller and the baby stroller and just being outdoors at that time. Um, but I, I think, and then with the second pregnancy, um, again, just because I just didn't have time um, between bouncing between um, the first one and, and figuring, it, figuring it out, that's when um, I ended up resigning and thought it would be much easier and better if I started my own business.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I, I think You're you were right. right. Yeah. That worked out.
1: That worked out for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> totally know, worked out. Part, but yeah. It worked no, out.
0: <laughs> it, isn't it funny to kind of look back and um, just what we, I mean, I'm trying to think if we even saw, we didn't see that many moms, unless they had really severe issues. Like, 20 some odd years ago, we didn't see moms like that wanted to return to run or return to tennis. That just wasn't what was on our schedule. That wasn't
1: what it was referred. Yeah, no, I don't think I I think the mindset wasn't necessarily there. I think it was just um, there was definitely far and few between um, the ones that wanted to get back to activity. There were, I, I recall couple of, um, postpartum moms where they wanted to come back because they wanted to prevent an issue. Mm. I wanted to come back. So then yep. I, you know, and I think that was just be- because they did their own research right. or their, friend may have been talking about some issue, but it wasn't, it was not regular practice.
0: No, means. no, I, I, I'm trying um, to remember like most of what we saw would be, you know, moms later on, you know, I I think if they were in their 40s or 50s with prolapse or leakage or something like that, and they were considering surgery, granted we were working out of a urogynecologist office sometimes, but Mm -hmm. it's it's really interesting to kind of look back and be because I I I see patients now that like the other day someone she's like okay I want to come in I'm six weeks pregnant I'm like let's just wait a little bit unless you're having issues you know moms want to come so early that wasn't at all standard just 20 some odd
1: years ago. No, I I, I agree. I agree. And I think back then it wasn't, um, you know, the issues with postpartum weren't openly talked about. No, didn't, you know, um, the issues, whether it's public floor issues or your diastasis or, you know, your belly isn't shrinking back the way it is or your breast issues, um, you know, body image, you know, sleep issues. No one really talked about any of that. It was always the focus on the baby. Right. And, um, and I think now we have women in general. Um, you know, it's it's positive to talk about it. It's not negative to talk about it. Yep. And I think back then, ten, ten, twenty, thirty years ago, I I felt like there was this negative underlying connotation to talk about struggles mm. of postpartum. Whereas I feel like now, um, you know, we're, we're we've spun it to the positive. It's, it's yeah it's a good thing to talk about it and look, you know, and it just makes one stronger. It's made our, yeah. you know, and so I think um, I, and as people have more aware, awareness, awareness and talking about it, I think that's where we're seeing a lot more of this population within our clinics. Yeah. Which is great because we can, you know, educate what to yep. expect. You know, it's a fourth trimester, yep. you know, it's um, and, 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 um, and if they know in advance, like a lot, whether it's the layperson or the elite athlete, I want to say at least 99.9% of them, they're like, I didn't realize this would happen. No one told me about this. No one told me I right. would have a diastasis. No one told right. me I would have, you know, issues with my back or whatever it might be. Yeah, And, um, and so, but now that there's this education initiative, you know, this movement, yeah. I think it's been wonderful. I think it's great. Yeah.
0: No, it's, and I, I think that's, you know, so cool how our field has kind of evolved with it. We, we were, Chatting before too, like when we first started in this, we could name all the DMV therapists probably on two hands, and now I don't know who half the people are around doing it because it it, it you know it it's just exploded. I mean, I I, mm-hmm. I did not want to go into pelvic floor PT. That was not why I took the job there. It was I needed to get out of you know podunk middle of nowhere, <laughs> and that was what I needed to do to to do it. Um, but that choice, like completely changed the trajectory of Mm -hmm. of my career. And I don't think I understood, like at the time I remember looking up what pelvic floor PT was, and it wasn't even called that it was called women's health because, you know, we weren't really treating men then. And literally it was, if your gut leakage or, um, prolapse, we're going to do Kegels. I don't think we even talked about diastasis. And if you had pelvic pain, like remember, what was this weird thing? I was trying to remember the other day, like after a shower, you're supposed to put on like, was it like Vaseline and then like blow it with like a cool setting on a hair dryer. Do you know what I'm talking about? It was like for vulvodynia or something. It was to lock the moisture in. Um, I am not making this up. I swear to God. What we're gonna have to like three way with Karen. We're Libri. gonna have to look at it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. No, there was like the, it was like weird things. Remember the cotton white underwear and don't douche and do like that's what what we had for yeah. pelvic pain. Yeah, and you you look at that and you're like I remember Mr. Frosty. Mr. Frosty. I remember Mr. Frosty. I Okay, just for the for the audience who does not know who Mr.
1: Frosty is, what was Mr. Frosty? Oh my goodness. Mr. Frosty was crushed ice in a condom. Yes, <laughs> wow. because your um, vagina
0: that, was irritated or inflamed, and that was to right. cool the inflammation. Right? Holy, so, absolutely. That's what we had twenty some odd years ago. So if you're not feeling, mm. you know, what you've got offered now, it could be worse. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. <laughs> we didn't have a lot to choose from, like that. But again, like I, I can't imagine ever working in a job where things don't change from day one to day. Twenty or twenty-five or whatever it is. So right, right in that respect. Well, I think
1: we're both fortunate in in this profession, right? I mean, it's yeah. such a dynamic profession that we're not working like we were working twenty-five years ago. No, we're, you know, we kind of, we continue to evolve, and I think that's why um, we, I, you know, we enjoy it, we love yeah. it, and um, and we're good at it. You know, because yeah, we, cause we like passion. it too.
0: Yeah, and yeah, again, I I think we were both talking too, like to think about where we were. And what we're doing now, I don't think either of us had a sense of, you know, you would be traveling the world with the, the the Women's Tennis Association and being on task forces that change policies and impacts future tennis players. And like, why would we have ever thought that, you know, <laughs> sitting in our little I office think,
1: know.
0: <laughs> on, on Irving Street in, in you know, in, in... I don't think we would have, but...
1: Anyway, no, all right. No, At the end of
0: every episode, I ask everybody um, a couple of questions—very um, random but fun. Uh, what's a book you're reading or a podcast you're listening to right now? Oh my gosh, I, I hate to say I'm I'm not. <laughs> okay, but let's clarify because <laughs> you just bad. got back from Bhutan and you like yes. went on a meditation retreat with a bunch of amazing women, so like that counts too.
1: Like, oh, that does. Okay. Cause like I, I haven't done the podcast recently because and I cause I was traveling and
0: I haven't read a book because I was enjoying the scenery. <laughs> that still counts and gives us life goals to to work okay. towards because you're an empty nester. Now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm gonna change some of these questions since you're in a different space than I am. Usually I ask favorite activities since becoming a mom. I'm gonna ask you favorite activity since becoming an empty nester.
1: Oh my goodness. Um, so I enjoy running. Yay, welcome oh, back. A runner, yes. Love and it. I'm hoping to like, uh, I've run a 10K. I'm going to hopefully do another 10K soon. Yeah, Ooh. I, I see a 10
0: miler in your future.
1: Oh, there I don't know, about, really, that. I don't they're know really about that. Fun. And the other thing is just going out with my friends, like, you know, being able to catch up on a weeknight. Mm. Who did that before, you know? So, yeah.
0: see, this is this is all to give me hope because I'm the chauffeur mm-hmm. from like 4 until 9 p.m. All right, um, I'm going to tweak this one. Usually, I ask one piece of advice for new moms. I'm going to project ahead and be a little selfish here. What's one piece of advice for moms who um, are chauffeurs half of their day, and you know they're trying to work, and their their kids come home with like grenades because you know they're going through puberty and all that stuff? Like, I, I, I'm selfish. I want to know what your advice is for me right now.
1: Um, you know, to see if you're able to carve out that little bit of thing that you enjoy whether it's eating a piece of chocolate a sipping a glass of wine or reading a nice book but even whether it doesn't need to be for 30 minutes even five minutes you know being able to have that that little bit of this regrounding. for me it was honestly jumping into the shower that was my Mm. time of like you know that was my alone time (laughs) yes being able to um to uh regroup and 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 remember you're still a person and
0: and like often that. we
1: get pulled in many different different directions, but um, the way I function is if I'm being pulled by different directions, then I don't have a good foundation how how can I help others? So yeah. if I'm able to kind of reground myself, whether it's eating a piece of chocolate or having a glass of wine, and then I'm able to to be that chauffeur and be able to be the homework helper and being able to be the the chef, you know yeah. So,
0: Seventh grade math might kill me. By the way, um, that that's another podcast episode. Oh, I, I gave up
1: <laughs> math after uh, middle school.
0: <laughs> I'm 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 delegating out the
1: wrong. They're te- I, I don't want to say the wrong way. way. They're teaching it in a different way.
0: It's the wrong way that I don't I, understand. I, w- I will go to my grave on that one, and I can only YouTube so much. Um, I thought I had reclaimed my bathroom time, but our little four-year-old border terrier. Um, she's like my shadow i i don't mind because she's kind of like my third kid that i didn't have to like give birth to or you know you know Mm -hmm. feed or that sort of thing um but she follows me everywhere i go which includes the second i go to go in the bathroom she's like scratching on the door (laughs) (laughs) so no i do not have my bathroom time yet all right um I want to know, like, who who is inspiring you right now? Kind of, we can just say in the, the 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 women's health or female athlete space. Like, who's who's got you excited right now? Who's doing good work?
1: Oh, um, I like. Uh, I mean, give a shout out, you out to your to colleagues. Like, yeah, like, I mean, who are you are working talking, with are, in are, WTA? Are you, are, I I wasn't sure exactly who, who, what, who meant like an instructor or anybody who's,
0: who's doing good work. Like who who are you working with in WTA? I'm
1: meeting so many, so many, so many smart women specifically. And I think they're all wonderful in all different fields. I mean, I think my business partner is amazing. I think the, the whole logic team, the task force is amazing. Um, I honestly think every pregnant postpartum person is amazing. So, um, you know, I think we're doing, I think collectively as a whole, we're going to do amazing things.
0: Yeah. Total shout out to, to Miriam Graham, your business partner, by the way, that, um, I have gotten to know through you. Um, cause she left, I think NRH before I got there and you guys are just lovely humans period. And she's just, I, I, she she she'll post something about her lifting weights and then some like goddess amazing yoga pose. I'm like, okay, that's mm-hmm. that's life goals for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, <right?
1: laughs> like, inspiring, I know, right? I very inspiring, right? Hundred percent. If I could only just take that much from it, right? Right. I mean, just I, I, just a I've tiny little bit. Exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah. I I need to find that friend that's going to take me to Bhutan. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Last one because you you have I think such good perspective. You you've got two amazing daughters that are doing really cool stuff um you know they're going to be graduating one's going to be graduating this year from college um you you work with new moms and and more mature moms all the time like what does it mean now in the rear view to be an active mom in postpartum
1: oh um so i immediately to, to mine comes to just be present you know i think um Active doesn't mean like going out on a run, but active to me means just to be present time flies. I mean, like what, what you mentioned, I have, you know, my daughter who's a senior in college and, you know, I, I didn't think this day would ever come, but it, it is coming and it's yeah. here. And, um, and so I think just being there available in the moment. Um, I think that's, that's being active. Yeah,
0: and you've you've been such a a great role model for them. They're so lucky to to have you. you. Um, And again, I I, I cannot believe because literally, remember when Cyrus was in your belly? I'm like, how is this
1: possible that
0: she's graduating? I know, she's graduating. Yeah,
1: they may not think I'm a role model because, but hopefully, someday (laughs) they will.
0: They will. someday they will, and they'll be like, "Oh, mom, right? I'm just my mom mom." is." Pretty freaking badass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love that. All right. If you would like to know more about Rashma and her practice, um, you can find her on Instagram, Rushma Patel Rathod. Rathod, sorry. Um, and then at Restore Motion, you can find her on Instagram there. And then follow her massive adventures all around the world with the Women's Tennis Association. Thank you for everything. I don't know oh that my you gosh, realize. Thank you so much for
1: asking and the impact. Me.
0: What an honor. The impact on tennis, the impact on me. Again, you put up with 20-something me. <laughs> like, Oh, my gosh. And and we're still friends. And, we right, still and we're still we're together, friends. Exactly. You know? <laughs> You're still part of my village. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, thanks so much for being on the pro- the show. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much, Carrie.
0: Did you enjoy the podcast? If so, leave us a five-star review on iTunes and tell a friend to do the same. Are you a postpartum mom or postpartum pro wanting to know more about getting back to running after baby? Check out all my free goodies on kerrypagviano.com. This podcast represents the opinions of Dr. Carrie Pagviano and her guests to the show. The content should not be taken as medical advice and is for entertainment purposes only. Always consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions.